0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey Josh, um, I'm just wondering how the team how the team's going under Mitch Marsh. What sort of influence is he having on the group?
1: Yeah, we're going really well, mate. Thank you. Um, oh, he just brings so much energy towards the group. He's he's probably exactly the same as he is. Um, being skipper as as non-skipper he just tries to make it a a nice environment encourages everyone to be themselves and it's not dissimilar to it's pretty much the same as when Paddy's here to be honest it's just it's just Mitch taking over um, for this tour but um, now a lot
0: of fun a lot of energy and um, just wants everyone to go out and play their game and, and enjoy themselves Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. That was Josh Inglis speaking from South Africa, ahead of the fourth One Day International. I'm Menes, and I've got a fantastic episode lined up for you. A little bit later on, I had a chat with Elisa Healy after she signed with the Sixers for three more years. But to get things going, I've got a special guest to go through the cricket headlines James Baisley is a first-class cricketer for Queensland. He's played for the Brisbane Heat, but he's now playing for the Adelaide Strikers in the upcoming Big Bash season. He's been on other podcasts before, so he's, he's not a newbie to the podcast game. So, James, welcome to Cricket Unfiltered. Thanks for jumping on.
1: No, absolute pleasure, manners I'm really excited to get back into it. It's been a while um, since I've been on a podcast, so I'm excited.
0: Yeah, so I heard you on the We Got the Chocolates podcast, which, you know, it's a little bit more jokey than Cricket Unfiltered, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a cricket tragic, so, you know, we dive into the nitty-gritty of the cricket world, yeah. are you ready for it?
1: Yes. Yeah, I'm ready for that, um, yeah, We Got the Chocolates, I started out with those legends a few years ago now, um, but yeah, they're flying now, um, so shout out to them, they're awesome.
0: They gave you your little start in podcasting, um, but yeah. So you're you're preparing for the summer ahead with Queensland and then with the strikers. How are your preparations going?
1: Yeah, prep's been good, thank you. Um, I've spent most of the Aussie winter uh, in the UK summer playing cricket over there, and that was really enjoyable. And I know we're going to touch on that um, during the show as well. So that was. Um great preparation for the season. It was also nice time away um and nice recovery time as well, which is important. Um but now I've been two weeks home, two weeks training with Queensland Bulls and um ready to to start our campaign this year and play some club cricket starting tomorrow as well. Excited.
0: Excellent. Well I'm looking forward to grilling you on what it was like being, you know, in the enemy <laughs> camp during the ashes while yes. hostilities were pretty fiery. Uh but let's yep. get into the cricket headlines brought to you by piccolo podcast and the first headline today is australia lost the third one day international to south africa so south africa remain alive in the five match series it's 2-1 to australia South Africa batted first and made six for 338, led by Aidan Markram's 102-not-out of 74 deliveries. Tanvir Sanger was handed a one-day international debut after Ashton Agar was unavailable, and Adam Zampa was resting because of a big workload coming up. Australian bowlers took a little bit of tap. Josh Hazelwood, nine overs, none for 74. Tanvir Sanger in his first match. Eight overs, one for 64. James, have you faced Tanvir before?
1: Yes, I have faced Tanvir before. Um, Not very much. I faced him in a a big bash game in Canberra from memory. Um, But obviously watched his journey as well. And he looks, uh, um, well, he is uh, an incredible young leg spin bowler. Um, He has all the skills. And a big thing that the guys have been saying about him is just kind of how mature he is, almost how well he knows the game, how well he knows his fields, his plans, um, and how well then he can go and execute. So it's exciting to see someone like that coming through for us um, and, and to join the spin ranks, um, you know, with Zampa, uh, Agar, Lyon, and even Swepson Koonerman, obviously there too. Um,
0: so it's really nice for, for us to have those spinners in the ranks. Absolutely. You mentioned that depth there and, um, you know, Kooneman's another one who did so well in the Tour of India. Mm. Um, I think we'll see a lot of um, in Australian colours over the next few years. Uh, there was yeah. a fantastic catch by Sean Abbott um, off Marco Janssen. I don't know if you saw it, uh, James, but uh, Sean Abbott diving to his left, one-handed, it um, was absolutely smashed. It was, it was a corker. Did you catch that one?
1: Yeah, it's a beauty, wasn't it? It was almost one of those Christmas Day into the pool kind of jobs, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Classic catch, <laughs> one-handed straight into the pool with the tennis balls. But he's a freak of a fielder, Sean Abbott. Um, so there's no surprises that he, he does something like that. Um, but it's it just gets you going as a team. And also Marco Jansen was playing a brilliant knock then. So obviously to stop him a little bit, I know they eventually won, but take a catch like that really turns the game for your team. So it was incredible.
0: Yeah, I had a bit of nerves watching it because there was a, a camera angle that made it look like the Mitchell Stark yeah. non-catch at Lords, where it looked like yeah. he might have grounded the ball as he landed. But when you saw it from the other camera angle, you realised it wasn't uh, – he didn't do that. Um, so it would have been a real shame if that had been ruled out. Or not mm. it ruled not out. Um, so – Australia were chasing 339 and they got off to a flyer. They were one for 140 in the 15 overs, but then Australia lost eight for 60 and nine for 82 to be dismissed for 222. David Warner looked really good and uh, 78 off 56 mm. deliveries. Travis head 38 off 24. Then the middle order of Carey Stornis and Tim David all failed. Speaking of replays, I don't know if you caught the Tim David dismissal, but he he, he won to mid wicket and the field of fortune coming in looked like he caught it on the half volley. Um, and then it was given out on the um, re on the big screen. I, I'm not sure whether it was a catch. It was very dubious. It might've bounced off the fingers um, and then into the hands, but James, don't you think there's a real inconsistency with the way TV umpiring is policed around the world? Like, I don't think mm. it's they've really nailed it yet.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. We, we saw a few during the Ashes as well, didn't we? Mm. It's it's one of those ones where you, you slow it down and it, it kind of always looks worse. Um, and obviously it used to just be, you know, have you caught it or not kind of thing, and it was quite a simple method. I know we have the technology down and we know we can use it, which is good. But yeah, sometimes it's you look at those catches and it just continues to always seem a little bit gray. So um, I don't really know the answer with that. With that menace, it's such a, it's such a quick um, moment in time where as a fielder you're, you're sure you're not sure you don't know. Um, and then you take it upstairs and, and, They don't know either. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, it can be, it can be, it can be a difficult one there. I thought, I thought it was probably out looking at that David one. I I thought it was a fair decision. Um, I thought he might've snuck his fingers underneath it. Um, and he originally thought he did too. And then kind of said, well, look, you know, go and check it. Or I'm not totally sure. Um, but yeah, as you said, it's when, when we go upstairs to the TV umpires, you know, how's our process from then on in with it? Um, how can we make it super clear?
0: Yes, and and, and you're right, the fielders d- don't often know. I mean, it's hard when you're mm. diving forward. You, you don't know if you've scooped it on the half volley or your fingers are underneath it sometimes. So. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But, but I think, um, well, I don't know, it was a surprising result for me because in this one it looked like he just grabbed it on the half volley um yeah, all sure. right so australia's um then uh, Sham, uh, shamsi and maharaj the south african spinners took two wickets each and Kurtsey took four wickets and they did the the damage for south africa so it was, it was a disappointing collapse from australia because it, you know one for 140 even though you're chasing 339 you kind of back yourself yeah. from there wouldn't you james yeah it's a wonderful start and Warner
1: and Travis Head have been incredible, haven't they? It looks like they've Mm. really found an opening partnership there off the back of Aaron Finch retiring. Um, So that's exciting for us in this format and for the World Cup in particular. Um, Have you bowled to head
0: much in state cricket?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that too much more. Um, That'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Did did he score a big one against you? Is he? Yeah, he's just such a powerful striker of the ball, um, and yeah, you just—I feel like when you bowl at, at Travis Head, your your margin for error is smaller. Um, he's looking to, to attack and take you down. Like he—he he will because of that. He does give chances, um, and he does nick balls. And if you're patient enough and hold your nerve enough, you, you do get chances with him at times. But when he takes you away, sometimes it puts pressure on you as a bowler, and you might not execute as well because of the, the pressure he's put you under and then he can really go big and now it so um yeah he's having a blinder at the minute
0: and um yeah I only see him keep getting better and better too. Yeah he's he's awesome to watch at the moment. And he just mm. plays the same in all formats now. There's no real difference yeah. between his test ODI and T twenty batting. He just um you know he loves width. Anything mm. short he's he's pouncing on it's it's devastating.
1: Yeah, definitely. I th- it's probably a testament of the environment he is. He looks like he's just he's in a really good place with his cricket. He's really clear across three formats and he, he looks like he's really being backed by the, the staff and the captains too, which is important to go and play the way he plays, um, red or white ball, it doesn't matter. Um, so he's in a really good place because of that.
0: Absolutely. So South Africa remain alive in the series. Australia have got two more games this weekend, Friday night and Sunday. We're recording this Friday morning. So maybe by the time you're listening to this, Australia would have wrapped up the series. So that would be excellent. All right. Now, Mr. Baisley, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to to make you the chairman of selectors for the, the World Cup. And, you know, if you were picking Australia's team, for the 50-over World Cup, what would you have sort of our top six or seven? Um,
1: yeah, definitely. I think I think they've got it reasonably close. Um, but I just think, yeah, you've got to be thinking about Manus now off the back of Ooh, yes. his, his two games. Um, I know I'm probably a bit biased there towards Man, but he's, he's just too good not to be on the road to India, I think. And whether he starts or not, that's um, – that's a different story, um, but I think he needs to be there. Um, his batsmanship, um, his ability to play spin in India, he's just going to be a nice one to have. As I said, even if he does start just outside the team, it's nice to have if we feel like we're under a little bit of pressure in that that spot. But, but other than that, there's so many good players there. We have so much power. We have so much strength in the middle there. Obviously, Smith coming back in um, and then just the – Brute strength of your your marsh green stoyness, you know Maxwell to come back in David, etc. Um, we have a lot of a lot of power there and a really nice top six. The way top six the way I see it, it's just yeah. The question is going to be around minus, isn't it? And um, mm. I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him fit in that team full
0: strength and uh, at least go to India. Yeah, um, I, I did have I did think you'd say that um, being one of his teammates, <laughs> but. I... I I mean, I think it's looking like you'll have Head and Warner opening, Mitch Marsh at three, yeah. Steve Smith at four, which is good in India. You need someone to control the innings when a lot of spinners come in. And mm. then I, I do think there's a little bit of a squeeze on now for that sort of five, six, seven position. I think, you know, Maxwell, Stoyness, David, um, Josh yeah. Inglis are all sort of competing for those lower order spots. And there are some. Green, yeah. Might- yeah, Cam Green, of course, I shouldn't forget him. Um, yeah. And and he'd be a great option because he could bowl first change and you could go in with yeah. two quicks and greeny um, to give yourself extra options. Um, so yeah. I, I think it's going to be actually a bit of a, a, a battle between the all-rounders. Obviously, Tim David's not in the squad for India, yes, but he sure, might be yeah. someone that goes with Manus to, to over India there, as, yeah. as backup. And especially if yeah. there are question marks over Maxwell's fitness um on tim david so you know i guess uh, you know he's another professional cricketer he's taken a a different pathway to the national side tim david you know he wasn't picked up by the state systems and he's gone and played franchise cricket and made a name for himself Uh, what's your view on that option now for players that are emerging because 10 years ago wasn't an option you really had to get in a state system and that was your sort of pathway to higher levels but now there seems to be a multitude of methods I mean David Warner was the first but I think Tim David's Mm. now you know gone around the state system so what's your view on that?
1: Oh, I think it's uh it's just exciting for the game. The game has changed so much. it, it is exciting because it's just more opportunities, isn't it? It's different methods. It's more opportunities, um, and as you said, there are multiple different ways now to get into the national colours or even just to to forge a cricketing career. Whether that be you know just as a white ball player, you, you you are we are seeing a lot more of that now. We're seeing, um certain players in different countries, you know, opt for franchise cricket over even some of their own international cricket um, because of the opportunity it provides. And and I just think that's exciting. And I, we never want to lose test cricket, obviously, and I don't think we will, especially for the big nations. Um, but for, in terms of different pathways in the game, I think it's, it's exciting to see... Um, those different options, and Tim David's such a perfect example of that, isn't he? I'm, I'm even sh- pretty sure I could be wrong here, but I think you know he might he, he even kind of said no to his state in terms of like his state were actually still quite keen on him. Whether as that that was a four-day kind of shield cricketer, and I think he was kind of like, no, look, I'm actually not interested as much in that anymore. I just want to go this way. Uh, and, and, and credit to him, he's turned himself into a just one of the best strikers of a cricket ball in the world. Um, someone who I think if you're having your team, you just feel like you've just got this wild card, this draw card. Um, and, and he's he's done that off the back of kind of making his path really clear. And then that's going to then go on. It, it affects his training as well, isn't it? His training he's not, jumping, he's not jumping formats between red ball and white ball in which you're batting completely different. He just he just knows the way he plays, so therefore every time he practices, that's what he's practicing, and I think there's um, there's there's real merit in that.
0: Yeah. All right. The next cricket headline. So yesterday, Cricket Australia announced some new rules for the upcoming summer. One of which, well, a few of which are going to affect you, James. But the first one was you have to wear a, a mandatory neck protector when facing fast. Or medium fast bowling. Um, do you currently wear one? And do you think this is a big change?
1: Uh, yes, I do currently wear them. I don't think it's a big change because most cricketers wear them now. Um, so I don't think there'll be too many issues with that. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's the right thing to do. I think that's the way it was going. But in saying that, I man, there's a lot of a lot of players wear them currently anyway. So. Um, I think everyone's quite used to them and, and the helmets these days are really good. So it's not like it adds a whole lot of weight or anything to your, to your equipment. Um, it's pretty awesome stuff. So I don't, yeah, I don't think there'll be too many issues
0: with that. Excellent. Another rule, they've decided that the umpires will rule on um, if a ball hits the roof at Marvel Stadium during the Big Bash. And listeners will remember, during last summer, I think, there was a ball that was clearly going for six, but because it hit the the roof, it was ruled a dead ball. So now the umpires get to make the decision, which I'm sure James will be happy with if he's batting, but not so much if he's bowling. Um, The other one they've changed is... um, uh, in the big bash now for stumping referrals, the umpire will only review the stumping decision and no other methods of dismissal because what was happening before is fielding sides mm. were whipping the bales off and appealing in the hope that they'd refer it. And if there was Little Edge or something, um, it'd be picked up on um, the review. So that sly way of getting an extra review has been taken out, which I don't think is a big change. And they've also... No. Um, taking away the COVID substitutes. Um, I do think having DRS in Big Bash has been a huge improvement.
1: Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, it was a no-brainer. And once we got it in last year, I thought it was used really well. And it's, it's, it's really good to have that, um, obviously, in obviously one of the best tournaments around the world. Um, it was important that we got it into it. And, yeah, it's going be it's going to be good again this year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there are the changes for the upcoming summer. Another um, bit of news is that uh, Justin Langer is going to coach Lucknow Super Giants in the IPL. Ricky Ponting said to News Corp this week that he was surprised to see Justin Langer back coaching so soon after his messy exit from the Australian men's team. Um, but yeah, I think it's great to see Langer back coaching. Have you ever cross pass with JL James?
1: No, not really, man. It's, no, not really. Yeah, I've, I obviously think it's yeah, it's going to be good for him to get back into his coaching, and um, I think it's probably it's been a couple of years, hasn't it? Like I think it's yeah. been long enough to to be really fresh and get ready to go back into it. So yeah, I think it will be great. He's had a lot of success in, in his career as a coach. So um,
0: yeah, I don't see why he he won't continue that success in the IPL. Who's your coach at Queensland? Is it Martin Love?
1: No, Martin Love's physio. We have Wade Second, who's our oh, batting coach. And um, Andy Bickle, still yeah, a bowling coach? Andy Bickle, bowling coach. Yeah, exactly right. We've got Wade Townsend as our batting coach, who's come up from Tasmania. He did a little stint down there, which is great. He's been awesome. So now we've got a great coaching staff there at the Bulls.
0: Yeah, nice. Darren Lehman, um, we've
1: got Buffa. Oh, a
0: excellent. Yeah. Um, he's in charge of the social social stuff, I imagine, keeping you guys.
1: Yeah, yeah he's, he does keep us very social and relaxed, both that's <laughs> for sure, um, and then helps our batting as well, of course.
0: Nice. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk about James's move to the strikers and his winter in the UK. <laughs> You're listening to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast, welcome back. I'm Menes, I'm with James Baisley, Queensland cricketer, and making his debut on um, Cricket Unfiltered. Probably not as nervous as when you made your first class debut for Queensland. When was that?
1: That was March 2021. Uh, first class debut down at Wollongong against quite a strong New South Wales team that um, Stark and Lyon playing. That was fun. Um, mm.
2: Minus a yeah. <laughs> uh, hundred,
1: didn't he? Yeah, mine got a hundred, ended yeah. up being rained off in a draw. Yeah. Um, but that was amazing. Fond memories of that week. That
0: was really cool. Yeah, and uh how nervous were you?
1: Yeah, I was nervous, absolutely. Yeah, but like, I still get those nerves. Um when you play any game, you're excited and you're a little bit nervous and something would be wrong. I'll, I'll, I always think something would be wrong if I'm not a little bit nervous. So. Um, yeah, the blood was pumping, that's for sure. But, yeah, it's almost there's it almost a part of your first game, though. You feel like um, you just want to take it in and enjoy it. and There's almost nothing to lose, nothing that's gone before you. And you just want to make sure you try and get off the mark or bowl that first good over and then you, you relax into it pretty well.
0: Yeah, and was it like a dream come true for you to play first class? Weekend? I mean, you know, it's, it's such a huge moment when you get the the maroon cap.
1: Oh, huge moment. Andy Bickle presented my cap uh, and that was incredible. And, yes, definitely a dream come true, something I've worked towards for years and something that has, well, had Uh, seemed really close but then had also seemed really far away um, on my cricketing journey um, coming in the system early and then going out of the system and really working my way back for years through grade cricket so that um, made it really special to me um, really satisfying that week and yeah definitely a dream come true it's it's not every day that you play for Queensland in a first-class game that's for sure
0: no so so take me through this so you you got into the state system young but then you um, taken out of the contract system is that right and went back to play yeah. cricket and had to you know earn a contract again um, you know what yeah. what was that period like where you were out of the system and yeah what, what do you think it was that sort of propelled you back into it
1: oh there's lots we can go into there manners. well for let's sure, do it yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, that's a really fun fun time in my life. I think with with getting out of the system off the back of some injuries and some missed opportunities, and a young cricketer who probably came into the system um, at 19, 20, really keen, and then got out at twenty two, or came at even nineteen, got out at twenty two. Yeah, as I said, and and then probably was a little bit. Oh, look, I'm not quite sure who I am as a cricketer anymore Um, and it gets you down as a person too as well you go through the ups and downs and and that's part of being a young player you come into a professional environment you listen to everyone and you change your game because people are telling you to and that that all happens but I had to go away and really understand what what made me a a good cricketer and then learn a heap of life lessons as well such as um, being able to balance emotionally the the success and failures of cricket and understanding that um, cricket doesn't define who I am as a person. Uh, That's definitely true. Cricket's just what I do. It's not who I am. Um, And once I learned those lessons, I obviously went and became a better bowler and batter too, technically, uh, tactically as well. Um, But it was a really good three years. I kind of call it three years in the wilderness where I look back and go, yeah, I'm so glad that happened. I'll be so much better off. Not just in my career now, um, but uh, in life ahead. Um, it taught me so much time, t- taught me so much about my character and persistence and determination and all those things that uh, I look back and go, yeah, that was the best thing that could have happened getting, getting out of the system and coming back in later. So that was, yeah, it was good.
0: Yeah. So you, yeah, and I, I think this is, a, you know, can happen to quite a lot of young, talented athletes like yourself that, you know, Fly through the underage, um, you know. You had all, you have, you have all the skills, you know. And then you get to the, the that sort of top level, and um, doesn't quite happen the way you think it's going to happen. You don't get the opportunities mm. that you used to. All of a sudden, you're not the star in the team. Um, when you mm. went away, you know, for those three years, who sort of who did you lean on? Anyone? Did you do anything new? Was there anything that kind of helped with this transformation a little bit?
1: Yeah, lots of people that that helped with that and lots of things that I did knew uh, and, and learnt. Um, so I was having some issues with my body. So I went and saw uh, – obviously, I was out of the, the Queensland system, so I had to go and source, you know, a trainer and a, um, a physio and someone who could help me in terms of my body, which I did, and I still see him today. He's been brilliant for me. Um, I went and saw a, a batting coach who was helpful. I spoke to like a mental training coach as well. Um, so I really just got got a really nice team around me, and I worked, you know, I worked my butt off. I worked really hard at all this stuff. I wanted to get back into the, the system, and you know, as well as those people, you obviously have your good friends and your family who are supportive of that, which is great for me too. And and then you just give it a crack, matters, don't you? You just have it, yeah. have a real red on crack and, and I was in a position where I was like twenty two, so I had time and I kinda of said, Yeah, I wanna do this again. I know I've wanna get back in there and do what I know I can do and oh, I haven't shown my best stuff, so I can do it. And I kinda of said, Yeah, let's let's go, let's give it give it three or four years of everything. Um, and see where we get to. Um, so I kind of had a, a nothing to lose attitude as well, which is important. It helps you um, just free up a little bit and play play quite quite freely and fearlessly as well.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. The, the The time of a cricketer's career now, I think, is lengthened at the back end because of um, the fact that there's more opportunities to play franchise cricket. You know, there's more um, care taken in looking after your body. Um, you know, the professional environment means cricket, like a player like yourself, you can play now for another 10 years, If you you know, mm. in, in multitude of places, in a multitude of formats. Um, whereas before in the past, you know, once you sort of hit that, you know, early to mid-30s, then you sort of had to start it, to think about, well, am I taking someone else's spot in the state system or should I be doing something mm. else now? Whereas... Um, you know, you've got a long road ahead of you now, um, having built the foundations.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, you, you want to play for as long as you can. And and as we spoke about before, there's so many different opportunities now around the world, isn't it, that can help guys pro- prolong their career, um, maybe in the shorter format that's a little bit easier on your body physically. Um, so, yeah, for me, that's all exciting, but at the same time, it's still about just taking it one game at a time, isn't it? One year yeah. at a time where, um, you know, it's it's professional cricket's not the most stable in, um, environment in terms of, you know, going to uni and being a teacher and no, you can teach for the rest of your life. Like, you know, we... You know, we're on contracts that are a certain period of time and we have to perform up to a certain standard to obviously keep going with that. So that's all part of the, the pressure side of it as well, um, which, is, which is always there. So I think the, the less you look at um, the future and down the line and the more you focus on the present and, and just, you know, what do I need to do now? When's my next game? How, what do I need to be working on to become better? Um, the rest will hopefully take care of itself down the line.
0: Yes, absolutely. Speaking of, um, well, not so far down the line, you've you've made the move to the Adelaide Strikers under the great coaching of Dizzy Gillespie, friend of the podcast, has been on a few times. And um, you know what? What was the what was the what was the you know motivation to move to the Strikers? Did did Dizzy give you a call and say we want you? How did it play out?
1: Yeah, he definitely did that, um, and it's the the way it fell a little bit. Um, yeah, he he was, was very much interested in me. Um, he had quite a quite a clear role, and um, and I'm just yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to join up with with him and his staff and and that group of players and, and trying to achieve try, try to achieve something special over the next two years, two seasons. a big bash strikers have been there or thereabouts without. You know, going all the way. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to go to our and, and and hear different people and learn from different people and and ultimately, as I said, just try and become a, a better cricketer as well and um, keep improving because that's only going to help me play better for Queensland as well. So that's the way I look. I'm looking at it as a positive opportunity to go and keep getting better and um, develop and learn and and enjoy it and hopefully have some success success
0: too I heard dizzy saying that they you know really after a player like yourself you know they're looking for those lower middle order to finish your players and can bowl a few overs um any how was it sort of, how is it leaving the heat then you know any little bit sad leaving your old club or um no regrets
1: yeah it is sad um see um, absolutely love the Brisbane Heat and all the the time I've played there. And it's only been, yeah, fond memories of that. And we got so close last year, which was disappointing, but also such an amazing effort. And I only got fond memories looking back on that now and um, the things I learnt and the... And, uh, the times we had as a team so yeah it's definitely a little bit sad um but yeah no hard feelings absolutely not and um wish them all the best of course they've got a great team they've got a great lineup and they're going to be tough to beat this year for, uh, for sure again um so yeah no so did you only, play I mean, in
0: the final at the Wacker? did you play against- yeah yeah yeah
1: at, at Optus yeah I played at the final at the Wacker, and that was incredible Fifty-five. what was that young
0: kid that just What was that, young Cooper? What was his name? Um,
1: Yeah, Cooper Connolly. Yeah, and and Hobson who smashed us everywhere at the end and finished off the game. Like, that was, yeah, amazing batting. Um, Incredible, incredible for them. And um, if we had our time over again, we probably would have bowled a little bit differently. Um, But in saying that, for those guys to come out and take the game on and just execute, yeah, clean ball striking the way they did. You know, need to give them a lot of credit. And obviously, the Scorchers, as a organisation and team as a whole, they're um, the benchmark at the moment and have been for, a, for many years. Really,
0: a big bash. Yeah, that that Cooper Connolly looks like a character. He's so young. He looked he to does, me like yeah. he had that fearlessness of youth. Like he he just went out. Yeah, yeah, he, he
1: yeah, and and that and that. In that game scenario where you, you need to hit the ball clean and you need to find the boundary, It's it's just like it's almost quite freeing as a batter because you know, well, you've just got to go out and you've just got to go. You know what I mean? And if you mm. if you hit one up and you, you get out, it's like, well, you haven't played the wrong shot or whatnot. And so there is a nothing to lose, fearlessness that comes with that, and he certainly used that to his advantage to to take us on and, and put us put us Um, under pressure and and win the game for his team. So, um, fair enough. And, yeah, he's an exciting
0: player. Sorry to bring it up, but uh, it was a great big match last summer. It finished so well. And I I think the competition bounced back after, you know, a down couple of seasons. And I I do like that they've made it a little bit shorter for the upcoming season. So it'll be 10 games per team instead of 14. Most players I've spoke to, I'm yet to find a player to say that they wanted a 14-game competition. I mean, I, I think the issues with the 14-game competition weren't just the actual competition, but it, it also did push out all the other cricket. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I think it's a, do you think it's a good change? Yeah, I think it's a good
1: change. It's something that the BBL, I guess Cricket Australia, have, had, have got some feedback around, you know, the length of Big Bash and even, you know, potentially if you look at it from a, a public viewer's perspective as well with um, you know, how many games they want to spend money and go towards and and then school holidays kind of finishing and we're still playing cricket in the big bash. So they're all things they would have looked at. But yeah, ten games is still a, still enough, isn't it? Still it's mm. good good it's a really nice series. And I think it's gonna mean that you've got to you've got to play really well for, you know, from the start. If you look at our Brisbane Heat season last year where we were kind of you know, we've won two games out of eight, something like that. You know, two games out of eight, and then we've come home and we've won seven out of eight and seven out of nine to make the final. You know, you, you, can't, you can't do that with, ten ga- with a 10-game series. You need to come out, you need to be on from the start, your best cricket, and I think that's going to even raise the level of intensity, you know, even higher. It's going to be fast and it's going to be intense and, you know, teams are going to be on from the start, which is only going to help the, the game and the entertainment as well.
0: Mm. I, I have noticed they've pushed the big bash a little bit earlier. So it starts sort of early ish December and finishes right at the end of January. And I think they've done that to get out of the way of the overseas T20 competitions. You've got the South yeah. African T20 League and the UAE League. And I think starting earlier gives more of the international players more opportunity to play um, a lot of games. Um, so I know like Rashid Khan, for example, your strikers, your soon to be strikers teammate. Um, you know, he's going to be there for a lot of, I think eight of the first 10 games and then he's off. Uh, so he won't be there mm. for finals, but you know, had they started the competition later, it would have been less opportunity to get the big names in, um, which is mm. just a reality. Now of the cricket calendar, it's so congested. Yeah. Um, you've just got to try and squeeze in, in the gaps. Um, so we touched on before, but I, so you were playing over in England in the off season I saw you what county was it? it was um
1: i i started playing just club cricket uh, mm. in the count in the county of Kent my my club was called sandwich town cricket club, and um that was an amazing time. Um, one of my good friends um plays for that club and i had he's he he'd been to Australia a few times, so we 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 owed it to him to get over to to England and play, you know, mm. play a season with, with him. And, and we did that. Jess came with me. We, we did some travel around Europe and, and played some good cricket. And I ended up then linking up with Kent to play in their one day, one day competition through August um, with some county cricket at the end. Then so that was really good too. Once again, another great club, great people and really enjoyed the cricket too, a little bit different over there. And um, so it was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful.
0: Last time I was at Canterbury, they had a tree in the Oval. Have they finally taken it down or moved the boundary?
1: No tree. Yeah, no, I can confirm there's no tree at Canterbury. Um, but, it, yes, yeah, it's a funny little ground. It's beautiful. It's on a, on a little slope. Uh, actually, most of them are on slopes over there, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit of slope. So you kind of run in up the slope or down the slope, and you've got to lean one way. And, yeah, it was all different, different part of it over there that, um, beautiful little ground, and I stayed at the I stayed in a flat that was actually kind of on the ground, kind of just up and above near the change rooms. So I was never late to warm up. That's for sure. Never late to easy training. commute. Yeah, easy
0: commute. That's for sure. So was, what were the really teammates cool. like? It got pretty, you know, hot during the Ashes. Did they? How how yeah, often yeah, yeah. did they bring up the Johnny Bairstow run out?
1: Stop. Oh, they brought it up heaps at the start. The Sandwich Boys it was it was that was the time I was with Sandwich when the the best so went down and yeah weren't happy were they weren't no. happy and um, oh geez it was fun to be honest having the ashes on and the banter between the the boys and everything but the yeah the best so dismissal that topped it off didn't it? they weren't pleased at all um, oh brilliant I mean what a series that was too to be fair um, being able to watch some of those games and, and follow that that was
0: incredible incredible cricket. So yeah, the, the Poms <laughs> say they yeah. don't sledge. The Poms say they don't <laughs> sledge, but I played a year of cricket in Essex a long long time mm. ago, and I can I guarantee you they might not have sledged each other, but they were certainly sledging the Aussie out in the middle yeah, absolutely. consistently.
1: Yeah, no, they can sledge, mate. They're all all chat sometimes, aren't they, <laughs> with that? But, yeah, no, I copped a little bit in the middle, which is, was which is fun. I enjoy it. enjoyed that and um, copped a lot about the Aussies and the Ashes, that's for sure. But <laughs> um, I gave it back to man. Don't you worry about that. Good. Especially when we were 2-0 up. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was easy to do then. Um, yeah. And how good was it for your game then leading into this summer? I think one thing that is lost now in Australian cricket is not enough of our young players are going to England and playing cricket over there. It used to be a bit of a rite of passage. You'd go over there and play Mm. in the Lancashire Leagues or in club cricket like you did at Sandwich Down. But now with the professional contracts a lot less players are going over because the off season's so much shorter there's not the opportunity but i think it's really good for players because you 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 actually play in all different types of wickets in england like we Mm. see the ones on tv the green team when you get to club level there's so many dry shitty turn slow turners they're not not quite like indian wickets but they are a different type of game and you you have to be adaptable with your batting and i i do think that constant playing you know they played the midweek games they played the sunday games it keep it just gets you in that mindset of how am i going to build an in innings or how am i you know it helps you solve problems um, so yeah, did you definitely. have that experience yeah definitely yeah you get some
1: some dusty spin ones you get some nippers you get some low ones it was yeah really different and, and you get a lot of bowlers who Really know what they're doing, and even batters know what they're doing in the, in those conditions. So it was it was a really different way of taking wickets and scoring runs and a different way of playing cricket over there, which is which I really enjoyed. And then the the stuff with county cricket in, in the one days for Kent was was good because it was also a little bit different to you know one day one day conditions in Australia as well. It was drier wickets; they spun, um, they tend to. You know, rough the ball up quite a lot with the big squares on the on the ovals, and 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 the wicket slowed up a lot as the innings went on. So it was kind of important that you had to get off to a really good start with the bat, because you knew that 30, 35 onwards actually got quite hard to, uh, to score and to hit you know, clean strikes over the fence. Um, Whereas in Australia, the wicket's usually quite true and you don't have the squares, the balls stay hard um, throughout and you can really back end and and smash it at the end. So that was uh, a little bit different over there and learning about that and playing was just awesome. It's just so good. And as you said, uh, yeah, you encourage any young cricketer who wants to get better and learn more about the game to go to England for a season because it just tests you in so many different ways like that, as you said.
0: Thanks so much for coming on Cricket Unfiltered. How, how did you enjoy yourself?
1: Yeah, I loved it, mate. Loved talking about the game and, and cricket and what's going on around the world at the moment. And obviously, it's spring and summer's coming, so um, yeah, it's hard not to be excited as an Australian cricketer at the moment because we we got it all ahead of us coming up.
0: Absolutely. Can't wait for the summer. I can, I can I can, smell the cut grass. I can see them yeah. rolling the wickets. It. It's, it's a good feeling. Um, yeah. And hopefully I'll be commentating on your first Shield game of the summer at Cricket Central in Sydney. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That, that was James Baisley and it was great to have him on. And I'm hoping you will be on a little bit more during the summer to get a bit of an insight into the professional cricketers world. All right, we're going to take a quick break, then we'll be back with Elisa Healy, and I'm going to read some reviews from the Apple Podcast Store. Welcome back to the Cricket Unfiltered Podcast. I'm Menas and Earlier this week, Elisa Healy announced that she's signed for the Sydney Sixers for three more seasons. And She was also asked if she thinks that'll be the sort of end of her international career, career as well. And she wasn't definitive, but she did seem to intimate that these last three years with the Sixers and Australia should take her up to the end of her playing career. But fantastic for the Sixers to lock her up for three more years. And here's now Elisa Healy. I spoke to her outside the SCG really good sound except at one point a plane flew above so you'll hear that don't let that distract you and uh, then I'll be back afterwards with some Apple reviews. Elisa <laughs> congratulations on the signing um you know you're saying before what are some of the things you weigh up on whether to you know to retire or play on?
2: Uh, whether I'm still contributing I think is a is a really big one and I mean I look at the depth that we've got in Australian cricket at the moment and I never want to overstay my welcome. I think um, you know if there's an opportunity for, for a feeble village fielder or another player that comes out of the blue that, that can fill my shoes, then, then so be it. Um, but I guess in a sense that motivates you to, to go out there and evolve and get better and, and maintain your spot. So that comes into play a little bit, but at the same time, you know I'm 33 and I've had a really long and, and enjoyable career, um, but there's still some things I want to tick off.
0: And do you enjoy um, maybe mentoring some younger players?
2: Yeah, that's a, it's a really exciting part of being a senior player within a group is to see that next generation grow, not just as cricketers, but as people um, on the international stage. And I think that's what we're seeing at the moment. Um, you know, the likes of Ash Gardner, Talia McGrath, and you've got the new Phoebe Litchfield, Annabelle Sutherland's coming through that... Um, you can see them grow before before your very eyes and it's it's exciting as a, as a player that's been around for, for a long period of time to see what they can do and they're ten times better than what I I always thought I was. So um, it's really exciting and, yeah, it's a, it's a big part of our role and one that I enjoy.
0: And at the Sixes, you know, it's, it's well reputed that it has one of the best cultures in the Big Bash, men's and women's. You know, why do you think that is and can you just sort of take us inside the feeling...
2: I don't know what it is and I, I'm not sure you know how to put my finger on it and it might have something to do that the players stay at Coogee and it's a nice place to live but um yeah look I, I'm not sure I think there's there's a really great culture of success and 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 enjoyment as well within our our franchise both male and female and I think that's something that just keeps carrying through and I think we've had a really similar core group with both the men's and the women's side for a long period of time and I think they're they're really big at driving those things and um, we like to see it as a bit of a family and, and players that want to come out and play for the Sixers want to stay and, and continue playing so that's a really great thing to have as a, as a franchise and um, it won't last forever but at the moment it's a really nice feel.
0: And making the final last year, very successful bounce back season, um, You know, how do you think the team can sort of go to the next level this, this upcoming summer?
2: Um, probably not save our worst game till the final. That would probably be a, an easy one to fix. But um, oh look, I think we've got still got a pretty similar settled side and, and a great unit. I think the addition of Chloe Tryon um, potentially in the middle order with some power hitting is going to be really exciting to watch. And um, and Jess Kerr with the new ball is going to be um, great for me, not not having to face her for a change. So um, oh look, I think we can just tidy up a few areas and make sure that you know we're really ruthless when it comes to those those big moments and, and get ourselves over the line but look I think what we achieved last year on the back of everyone um, telling us how poor we went the year before I think was amazing and, and hopefully we can just keep building on that.
0: Absolutely now um, Mitch your husband recently announced he's going to play in the IPL mm-hmm. um, you know you're pretty happy when he said that I mean I've heard estimates that he could go for four or five million you know US dollars I mean that would be amazing.
2: Takes a little a little less pressure off the mortgage, but um, no, I think yeah, I think um, it's exciting for him. I mean, not not going to the IPL. He's always wanted to play in the IPL, but I think he's really prioritised um, his body and his, and his mental um, mental rest in being able to to get up and play for Australia. And I think now he's. Is that the opportunity in his career, especially with a quiet year next year, to, to potentially go back to the IPL and, and work on some T20 skills leading into a World Cup. So yeah, it's exciting for him. It'll be interesting to see how um, that auction process works, but um, the money doesn't really matter. I think it's just a great opportunity to go and play in um, a really unique league around the world.
0: Did you enjoy your time at the Women's yeah. Premier League?
2: I did. I, I had a great time. I think um, you don't really experience... Um, what it's like to be in Indian cricket when you go over and play for Australia, you're always just playing against them and um, for Australia but the opportunity to go and and be a part of um, Indian cricket was really exciting and and one that I really enjoyed and uh, looking forward to hopefully going back next year.
0: Excellent. And last one, uh, you're a month sort of out from the, the ashes. How have you sort of reflected on the Drawn Series? I mean, you said at the time it was a bit hollow, but, you know, a month later, how, how are you feeling about it all?
2: Yeah, well, I think um, our group's reflected really well on it. I mean, there's a little bit of disappointment, but at the same time, I think a real sense of pride about, um, you know, what we achieved. We brought the trophy home and, and that's um, that was first and foremost what we wanted to achieve. But I think... The most exciting thing is people see a lot of growth within our group and, and the opportunity to to expand our game and evolve our game to get even better and, and to push the boat out again um, you know we've just seen Sri Lanka beat New Zealand and England in series recently um, you know there's teams around the world that are beating one and I think Pakistan beat South Africa as well so there's there's things happening in the women's game which is really exciting and it's it's on an even keel at the moment so for us it's a great opportunity to go back and, and get even better and 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 show everyone that, um, you know, we are the best team in the world and we want to we stay there.
0: Were you locked out of the English team dressing room at the end <laughs> of the series or did you have a post-series beverage?
2: They were too busy yahooing and carrying on in their change room to have a beer with us and they didn't provide us with any beers so we, it was a bit of a hollow um, change room in ours. So, but... so no drink? Um, well, traditionally we haven't, we haven't been like the men, um, right. but in saying that we all, a lot, a lot of the girls played in the hundred and we caught up with them after the game. So it was less dramatic than the men's. That's for sure. Okay.
0: So it wasn't a snub.
2: No snubbing. No snubbing. <laughs>
0: just want to clarify. Thank you. <laughs> Always great talking to Elisa Healy. one of the nicest people in cricket. So to wrap things up, I want to read out some of our reviews from the Apple Podcast Store. Now, I didn't get a chance to read a lot of the ones that were uh, posted during the Ashes, so I thought I'd, I'd read some of them out now. The first one is from Gandhi Dav, and this is from the 5th of July, 2023. Your latest rant. Men, as your rants at times are painful. However, your last rant when you went full blast at the English was comedic gold. We played it on full speaker system at an Australian army mess, and we all loved it, not to mention that it was a thousand percent true and on point. Well, thanks, Gandhi Av, for that review. Gandhi Dav, great to hear from you. All right, the next review was from BC in Melbourne, 25th of July, 2023. Unleash another rant, please, manners. Unload on Tears Morgan and the rest of these spuds. They are delusional if they think they are the better side. By the way, keep up the good work. Enjoyed the show during the ashes. BC from Melbourne. Thank you, BC. All right now we've got not such a favourable review. This is from T. Wolf, 11th of July, 2023. One star, narcissist host, which I think it is a little bit rude to talk about Paul like that. Fan for many years. However, quality has greatly diminished in recent times as host has found a niche of other rage field cricket fans who enable him to act out his delusions to a larger audience. No doubt this was some whinging pom who didn't like being told the truth next review this is just called mad and it's um, from matt zander 5th of july 2023 mad men is on best is one of the best episodes of a podcast you will ever hear unbelievable one guy says uh, it was one star Call me a narcissist or paul and this one's five stars thank you matt zander imagine being so upset about it you couldn't podcast after listening to that wanted to leave because of it. Very strange. Five-star review, 5th of July. This is from Mick. Loved it. Everything I wanted to say about the palms to the T. Thanks, man, as you spoke for me. Thank you, Mick. One more. Uh, this is, well, I don't, this is something about Paul because he's quit the show. I don't, anyway, fuck it. Pommy Paul gone too far. This is the best cricket podcast going around, and I absolutely love Menes But I've got to say, Paul's love of the English has gone too far during this Ashes series. Paul against Australia has become very similar to the warning against Mitchell Stark pantomime. Come on, Paul, give it a break, please. Well, he's taken a long break, like forever. Anyway, so that is the reviews. Thanks so much to everybody that leaves reviews for the show. Really appreciate it. Yeah, it was great to hear that feedback about the Mad Men's episode. You know, not everyone that was a part of this show liked it as much as the listeners. In fact, both of my former co-hosts didn't, but who cares? Uh, They're gone. The show continues without them. All right, now let's wrap it up. Thanks so much to James Baisley for coming on. Thanks so much to Elisa Healy for coming on. I'll be back next week with Gav to wrap up the series against South Africa, which will be decided over the weekend. Hopefully Australia can get the win heading into the World Cup. It would be nice to win in South Africa and just add a little bit of confidence to the kit bag before they get on that flight to India for three matches and then the World Cup. So if you can, um, if you haven't already, subscribe to the show on your favourite podcast app. So that's hit the follow button on Spotify or Apple. If you could rate the show on Spotify and Apple, that would be fantastic. Maybe not one star and don't call me or Paul narcissist. but yeah, if you can rate or review the show, that would be fantastic. You can follow us on social media. So we're at Oz Cricket Pod. That's A-U-S Cricket Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We're also Cricket Unfiltered on TikTok. If you want to become a valued patron to the show, our Pat- Patreon supporters enable us to spend more time on the show and give more and more coverage. And so the more Patreon supporters we have, the more coverage we can give. So if you want to become a valued patron of the show, um, please um Go to the link in the show notes, and there's a few tiers there to subscribe. I actually, one into uh, one, I ran into one of our great uh, Patreon supporters during the week, uh, Robert Fairhead, who's a fantastic listener, a long-time listener probably been listening to the show for almost the whole length of it. And he told me that there was a change on Patreon and his credit card stopped working, but he put in the details again. So uh, some of you might have dropped off, but it was great to run into Robert. He's, he's such a great uh, listener to the show and doing fantastic work on the yes vote for The Voice Um it's also free to subscribe to our YouTube page. And during the summer, we're going to do more live broadcasts and during the World Cup as well. Especially Gavin and I will be jumping on uh, after some of the games to do some live reviews. So head to YouTube, put in Cricket Unfiltered, and follow us there. If you want to email us your cricket takes, do it the link is in the show notes you can email us through your world cup squad anything that i or any of the other panelists have said that have annoyed you Um, so we'd love to hear from you you can also do that on social media Uh, but I said um, send us in your cricket takes and finally, if you like a good cricket interview, then put in Menna's masterclass in your podcast feed for this show, and all, all the timeless interviews I've done with former Australian captains and and star cricketers will come up. Come up. There's some great interviews from the off season with Mike Whitney in particular was a real highlight. Also Kumar Sangakkara, what a thrill to talk to him. Phil Jake's former. Uh, Australian batter and New South Wales coach. So there's some great interviews there. I'll be recording more over summer, but uh, just put in men as masterclass and they'll all come up from this podcast feed. Well, that's it for this edition of Cricket Unfiltered. Thanks for listening. Uh, have a great time and we'll be back next week.
2: This is a Piccolo podcast production.